We're grateful. Uh, this morning, we're talking about four beliefs that determine how you live your life. Four beliefs that determine, the answer to these beliefs, determine how you will live your life. Did you know that how you answer these questions or how or what you believe determines how you live your life in, in perspective of self and in relationship to others? So these, these four beliefs are very crucial to um, your purpose, your morality, how you act, your destiny, where you're going to end up. And all these things come together by just answering four little questions. The first question is, how did we get here? <laughs> what is the origin? Uh, how did the universe begin? And we say, well, that's, you know, that's up for debate. Those are some things, you know, some believe in creation and some believe in evolution. You know, we really don't have this. We don't know. It's very important. Because, you know, years ago when I was growing up in the Dark Ages, there was a time that, you know, what you believed about creation, that the scientists and, you know, evolution and all these things, they are the, the main idea. You can't prove creation. Well, now in the uh, Creation Museum and in the Ark um, that's in Kentucky, the, their, their publications and their uh, presentations they're just amazing to find out how that all these things come together and how that Noah and his ark, how that they could fit all the animals of like kind. Not all kinds, so you make sure you understand. There are cats, there are dogs. <laughs> now, it doesn't have every species of dog and every species of cat, but they have kinds. So it makes the, it makes the admission in there a, a lot easier. And uh, if you're putting elephants in, you don't bring in a, you know, 3,000-pound elephant. You bring in a little elephant. <laughs> okay, so we start, you know, birds and bird cages and all those things. And so they point to a, a oh, the possibility of, their, uh, uh, of an ark and a worldwide flood. Then, <laughs> well, I, this, is, this isn't my topic, but, you know, I was thinking of, you know, how that people look at creation, no, the evolutionists say that the whole planet took, took millions of years to establish, but the same layers are the same all over the earth. If you go through the Grand Canyon and you look at these layers, you see the layers of the earth, you go over to Europe, they're the same layers. <laughs> now, there are mountains that push them up and interrupt all that stuff, but there's the same layers. <laughs> and so it was, you know, but anyhow, we'll go on from there. But so we have, to, we have to believe. What you believe about creation is very much uh, a part of how you respond to the other questions. It's like, has anyone seen or observed a, a Big Bang theory? You know, with all these telescopes and seeing as far out into the universe and the many galaxies that are out there, there's no explosion creating new galaxies. <laughs> there's just the galaxies that are there ever increasing and going outward. There's black holes. <laughs> they don't know what those are, but there's these black holes that are out there. But there's no boom creating out there. There's dying of stars and things like that, but there's no explosion creating new stars and new planets. Have you ever seen a single-cell organism change into a cow? <laughs> 
You know, we can grow organs that are, you take a liver and you can grow a liver. You can't, you, you, you can't take a liver and grow a heart. So we see all these, we know that there are pe- people have the capability of um, cloning animals, things like that. But that they have to clone after their own kind. You can't make something different. And so in, in creation, we see how God created and put things in an order that man, even though they, we, they object to it, can't change the order. It doesn't vary from what God has set up. So, origin, how did the world get started? Millions of years ago, or God created, put things into existence? Um, We'll go on. So, the problem with millions of years theory, um, (laughs) it's their way of explaining God out of the origin. So, if there is a millions of years, then God is not really there at the beginning. If there is no God at the beginning, if there is no God there at the beginning, there is no God at the end. So what we believe about creation, what we believe about where things get started and how they get started, is very important to our belief system. Uh, When answering the questions of origin also comes, how did we get here? So not only did the planets, and God spoke into existence the world and the planets and the stars, he spoke into existence the animals and and, and, and wildlife. But how did we get here? Well, Genesis 1.27, so God created humans in his own image. He called them to be like himself. He created them male and female, Genesis 1.27, that he created them and spoke into them, breathed into them the breath of life, and they became a living soul. So if the universe has a beginning, if the universe has a beginning, mankind has a beginning, then there is a person who began. (laughs) There is someone who began the whole process. So then what is the relationship of the one who began it to those who are part of it? What is the relationship? And we look at this, and so he who began it is very much involved in the whole process of it. Now, there are theories that say that God created the world, wound it up with like a big spring and threw it out there and it's just going through the universe and when it's all run out, he'll come back and fix it. No, that's not it. So the answer (laughs) lies with the Garden of Eden. He desires to be in relationship. So, in the beginning, God. So we have how that God has established us in the origin, creating us and coming to us to walk with us, Adam and Eve, in the cool of the day. God's investment in his creation is to walk with us. That's origin. I believe that God created us. I believe God created us with a purpose. I believe that he created us to walk with us and be our friend. Second question, why am I here? (laughs) Now, you can't make up answers to that. I'm not talking about, you know, you don't have to make up answers for me, okay? I'm just saying, why am I here? (laughs) Well, preacher, you're here to create a problem for us. You're an irritant. (laughs) Oh, I know, I'm a big blessing. (laughs) 
Big is the optimum word. But anyhow, why am I here? So what you believe about creation ties into the understanding of why you are here. If we have an understanding of creation and how God created and spoke into existence and breathed into Adam and Eve the breath of life, it, that leads us to us. God has a purpose for us. So if there is a creator, if there is one who is a beginning, what purpose would a creator want from his creation? So whenever we're asking the question, why am I here, we can ask the question is, what does my creator want of me? What does he want me to be? And you see, I, I liken it to the idea that a refrigerator that's already stocked, you can tell, it's been stocked well. No. <laughs> you have a refrigerator that's already stocked, and everything you need is in the refrigerator until time runs out. Well, inside of us, God created us, and he's already stocked us with what we need to be the person he wants us to be, to live out in this life. Problems and difficulties come for us to call upon what is stocked in the refrigerator, what God has put in here. Now, um, we, we went to Rhonda's class. Um, I think they graduated in 32. And uh, 1930, oh no, it was 68. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, they were all old. But anyhow, <laughs> okay, I'll pay for that later. Uh, but we, we have, we had all this, the people with all their different abilities and all their different characters and all, and characters is the optimum word for one. But uh, anyhow, you have all these things in, and I forgot entirely where I was going with that, but it was good, so you can appreciate it. So, <laughs> so what you believe about creation ties into who you are, what happens in your life, and that um, we draw upon the difficulties in that are the difficulties that come into our life and the opportunities that come into our life. God is there to bring out what He's already put on the inside. Now, um, I, I think the the greatest place where I witness that for myself is in when I'm speaking. Um, these you know thoughts and things come that you know that I believe are divinely inspired. And when I counseled in things and was one-on-one -on -one with people, it was, it was very evident that God would just give me thoughts and intentions and words and, that were able to put out there to help people kind of uh, get through the maze that they were going through in their life. But so, is there a way that I should behave? <laughs> see, that's the moral question. You see, is there an object objective to good moral behavior. Is there an objective to it? Is there something I'm going to, so I'm living a good life, what for? Because I'm living my life for God, and the objective is to keep, to please God. But you see, it's not like being under his thumb, and that you do this, or you know, 30 lashes. You live your life in a way that is pleasing to God, and it's how that our life of love and forgiveness and grace and mercy is only reflective of what we've received from our Creator. So what we believe about creation ties into what we believe about ourselves, our moral purpose. So God came to reveal his intention for his created. John 1.1 1, 1, 
In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. (laughs) You see, I am here to understand God's Word and God's purpose in my life. Notice how people who live uh, with no beliefs, (laughs) those who live with no belief in creation and origin, um, look at their meaning uh, for themselves. What is their purpose in life? What is their moral compass? You know, people who don't believe in creation, don't believe in God, you see, you can't pick two of the four. <laughs> this isn't like, uh-uh, there's four of these, and I'll give them all over and over again as we get to move through this, but you just can't pick two. Well, I like, I like creation, and I like eternity, but I don't have to live for God. <laughs> I can live like the devil. I believe in creation, but God's going to take me to heaven. You can't leave out any of them. So, what you believe sets the values in your life. What is the value system? Don't steal, don't kill, you know? Don't bear false witness, you know, those things. What is the values that you hold in your life about relationships? Relationship with God, relationship with people. You believe life can be better. We believe that God has a purpose and that we are on this process of growing and becoming what God intends us to be. The um, first question, creation. Fourth question was death. But are the two questions that get pushed back, back into the... If you ask somebody, well, what do you believe about creation? They go into this. <laughs> or they tell you, no, I don't want to talk about that. So creation and death are things that people just don't want to talk about. So what, does the, what do the atheists say? And this is... Blaise Pascal, I remember reading about him when I was in college, 1623 to 1662. This is is his declaration of why he doesn't believe in God. You ready? Blaise Pascal, P-A-S-C-A-L, 1623 to 1662. As I know not whence I come, so I know not where I go. I only know that On leaving this world, I fall forever into nothingness or into the hands of a wrathful God. Without knowing to which of the two states I shall be everlastingly consigned, such is my condition, full of weakness and uncertainty. From all this, I conclude that I ought to spend every day of my life without seeking to know my fate. (laughs) It's like, wait, 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 what? All of these things, I'm going to fall into nothingness or I'm going to fall into the hands of a wrathful God and and I need to spend the rest of my life without seeking to know my fate. I don't believe in creation. I don't believe in God in either place. So I just live my life. (laughs) So we go on. I might perhaps be able to find a solution to my doubts, but I cannot uh, be bothered to do so. I will not take one step towards its discovery. What an idiot. (laughs) Sorry. But uh, what, what what a declaration that people who don't want faith and, and, and still question, when they get to that moment of questioning about who they are, where they're going, what happens, I don't want to know any more than I already know until I have to know it. So I'm just going to just keep doing what I'm doing. 
I will not take one step closer to knowing my fate. Do you know people like that? That they don't, they, they just don't want to know. And they don't want to answer. They've got, well, objective truth. This is, this is a couple of things that go into this. Objective truth and subjective truth. Objective truth is the thing is a true regardless of thoughts, feelings, and opinions. Okay? The pew is hard. Now, you maybe have a lot of cushion, but the pew is still hard. <laughs> That's an objective truth. Subjective truth is solely my taste, my preference, my interpretation of life, and my interpretation of the pew is it is like water that I sit upon, and, and it's cool and refreshing. Where's he sitting? <laughs> but you see, it's, ob- it's a, a subjective truth. It's up to the individual to have the determination. That's subjective truth. And um, what's the other one? I have it here. Um, so beliefs, either God exists or he does not exist. Uh, what I, well, this is, there's another one. Objective truth is what we believe the word of God to be. It is what it is. It is what God says it is, and it stands for what it sa- stands for, and it, de- and it gives to us the path of life, the truth, truths of life, how we are to live, and, and the work of God, the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So, um, arbitrary, arbitrary truth. <laughs> this is a really neat one. The idea when it feels comfortable that whatever I want it to be, it is. I have a blue shirt on. But you may, in an objective truth, say, no, I think it's red. And guess what? You're right, even if you're wrong. It's like taking a test you take a test, you know, professor, high school, whatever, you take a test, write it all up, page after page, you hand it to the professor, and he goes, oh, you got a zero. You didn't even look at it. He said, well, you wrote it in blue ink. I like black ink. You got a zero. I can do what I want. <laughs> That's objective truth. You know, can you live in a society, can you live in a world that's objective? Well, you see, whenever we look at Creation. Creation is not objective truth. I believe God created. Well, I don't. I don't. I think it just blew up and it's here. And so objective truth is there is none. Whatever I think it is, it is. So when God created us, and that's why it's important for us to know, God has an origin for creation. God has an origin for your life. God has an origin for your purpose, and God has an origin for your eternity. It all begins with God. And when we don't have God, we have nothing. We have nothing but ourselves and our opinions. The third question is, how should I behave? Morals, morality. A person stands... uh, A person's standards of behavior or beliefs concerning what is or is not acceptable for them to do. That's your morals. Is it acceptable for you to steal? No. Is it acceptable for you to lie? No. Is it acceptable? You see what morals are? What governs your actions? 
So whenever we are looking at the scriptures, the scriptures put before us what are the truths. What are the standards of behavior? Don't steal, don't kill, don't bear false witness, you know, don't commit adultery, you know, impurity, relationship with God, relationship with others. All of these things are setting forth morals. Behavior. What governs our morals? God. The Word of God. Well, people who don't believe in God don't have a set of morals. Their set of morals is what they make up. If they feel that it is okay to do certain things, they do it. And so the challenge is, as we look at our society and look at who we are as individuals, we have to see that God has a standard that he has set for us, but the standard is not something that God is saying, do this or else. God is saying, this is the way I'm going to bless you. This is the way I'm going to lead you. This is the way I'm going to help you through these difficulties. That, that nothing is impossible to those who believe. So whenever we find ourselves in a difficulty, we don't have to have objective truth. <laughs> it is what I believe it is. No, it's a difficulty and God will help me. The crossing of the Red Sea. Well, it, Moses could have said, it's an objective truth. There's no water here. Let's go. <laughs> no. There is a sea. God will provide. Open the sea. See, See? God calls us to be his children. He teaches us how to live like any child. Now, God is holy, and he wants us to be holy, and holy means set apart for God. But, you know, no one is perfect. So putting ourselves in a standard that says, I cannot fail, and if I fail, God's going to throw me in hell. No, no. God's grace is greater than your sin and your abilities or inabilities. God is working in our hearts and our lives. So all of, us, all of this leads us then to the fourth question. What happens when I die? Destiny. 2 Corinthians 5.8 We are confident and well-pleased, rather, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You see, what happens when we die? We go, to, we go to be with God. Now, <clears throat> one individual was uh, speaking about how that her sister died. And she, it was her last, she was close to her sister, and, you know, they were, it was unexpected or whatever. They had a lot of difficulties uh, in, the, in her illness, but, you know, they, they, she said they fought a lot, but she missed fighting with her. <laughs> uh, but... You know, and, and she was crying over her sister's death, and somebody said, well, you shouldn't be crying. Your sister's in heaven. She's having a gay old time and wondering, you know, going on, and you're here ruining the whole thing. It's like, no. They may be in heaven, but you still miss them. You grieve. Your sorrow is there. So we have this understanding that when we die, we go home to be with God. There is there, those who do not believe in a creator those who do not believe in a creator do not believe in a heaven and accountability. So when we are looking at these scenarios, we see that they go together. Origin uh, and the beginning God. I have meaning. Why am I here? Morality. How should I behave? Destiny. What happens when I die? Four questions how we, how we deal with them 
determines how secure we feel in our life. That God began, in the beginning, I, it all began with God. He says in the I Ams, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection in the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. You are the branches. So we find it. the I am is God telling us he is there for us. I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. So how do we answer these questions? Origin? <laughs> well, when we believe that the scriptures are God's word, when we believe that the scriptures are the inspired word of God, that they are infallible, that they are eternal, they are inerrant. So the word is the foundation of our life. And when we begin to look at ourselves and we begin to look at the beginning, God says, in the beginning, God. <laughs> Before there was a beginning, God is. See, before time, you know, creation is the beginning of time. And before creation, God was. He is. Okay, then we have time, beginning, creation. And, now, and we go to the end of time. God says, I've created a new heaven and a new earth. Everything that is here, the old earth, the, the stars and everything fall out of the sky. They disappear. And God creates a new heaven and a new earth. That's the end of time. Then we have eternity with God. He is eternal. And so when we start putting these things together, we start understanding that he who created this place wants to be in connection with us. He wants to connect with us. How did he do it? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, God incarnate. He set aside his deity. He never stopped being God. He took that divine and set it aside and says, I'm human. See, that's why it, on, on, on the cross, he said, you know, talking about he could have called 10,000 angels to just destroy the world and start all over again and not go through all of this agony. Why could he do that? He's still God. <laughs> but he chooses not to for us. You see, so this is the God who wants to be in communion with us and in relationship with us. So I am safe in the hands of my father. Why? Because he's the originator. <laughs> he is the origin. He is the beginning of all things. Why am I here? The meaning of my life is based on the love of God for me. No matter what I do, no matter where I go, God has always loved me. And God has always been part of creating because while I was yet in my mother's womb, he knew me and formed me. He created me in my mother's womb. And so we go on, well, what is morality? How do I behave? I behave according to the standard that the one who is God's revelation, who is God revealing himself to us, asks us to live. And he provides us his spirit for help. And what is my destiny? <laughs> What happens when I die? Hey, <laughs> trump of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. We have a foundation that whether I live or die, I belong to God. 
and that no matter what happens in life, nothing can separate me from the love of God. So my purpose, my destiny, my understanding is in that God created. <laughs> he created. He spoke into existence. And the God who spoke things into existence can speak into existence faith, hope, dreams for our life to become. You see, God isn't finished creating He's creating new things in us. He's creating new ideas. He's creating the ideas that he wants to bring forth in your life, and he enables us to go in that direction and find the peace of God, the power of God, the presence of God, the love of God that will take me from here to where I need to be. I have an origin. I am here to be part of the body of Christ. I began with God. God began with me. The beginning began. <laughs> and we find that there is meaning of life and morality in our behavior. That this meaning and morality are the felt realities of life. What I feel, why I am here, how I, what, what, how I behave. These are feeling things. Feeling things can be betrayal betrayers and so we have to look at the word and allow the word to speak to our heart to establish <laughs> to establish what god has already started in us so what you believe is how your life is molded jeremiah 18 this is what god says to jeremiah this is the word that came to jeremiah from the lord go down to the potter's house and there I will give you the, my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot that he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hand, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, and he said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as the potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in my hands... In the hands of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. The events of life are there, not the pressures of life that shape us. It's the hand of God that shapes us. And as we begin with God, as we begin with, his, uh, with understanding of his meaning, why I'm here, as we recognize the morality of how I behave, what I do, as I understand my destiny that is given to me in the word and in Christ, that foundational experience, that foundational understanding, those four things keep me, sustain me. They are part of who I am and who God wants me to be because it starts with him. It is with him in the middle of things, in our feelings, and in who, what I, why I'm here, and how I belong, how I behave, and what happens in the end. It all is in his hands. So we put ourselves in his hands, and everything is good. <laughs> Amen? Father, we thank you. We thank you for all that you do for us. You teach us. Your word gives us hope in every situation. God, we thank you for these foundational principles that we've 
had and taught and spoke of in many different ways. But Lord, in this brief concept, we find that they are what everything anchors on, our belief in you, our understanding of you, your understanding of what you put in our hearts and minds. So bless us, Lord. Let us be blessings. Help us to be strong in our faith, standing forever strong on the rock, Jesus Christ. In thy name we pray. Amen. Amen.